Monday night. Welcome to another edition of Chips and Dish here on the All About the Birds Network. I, of course, am your host, Chip Keggy, aka Chip for the Birds on Twitter. Uh, well, let's get into it. I mean, there are so many things happening in the world of sports right now. Obviously, we're going to get into the Sixers. We're going to get into things going on with the Phillies. Um, we're going to talk golf for the first time on the All About the Birds Network uh, Chips and Dish episodes, at least. We have the special shows. But we're going to talk some golf tonight because something happened um, that's really been getting to me, and I wanted to address it here. And I have a platform, so I'm going to do that. And then we'll get into all the other things that are going on, and the comments will roll in, and we'll kind of naturally go off on tangents. Um, I brought my girl Kelly Kapowski with me this fine evening um, to give me some some inspiration. I brought my high noon, so we're, we're ready to go. Uh, before we get anywhere, a little clickety there. Before we get anywhere, again, lots of sponsors. We got to shout them out. Statement Games, fun free twist on fantasy sports. Make sure you are checking them out. Link in the bio. Oddsjam.com. Again, link in the bio. They help you not lose money. That is big. Uh, of course, the All About the Birds, Chips and Dish, especially is sponsored by 99 Jerseys. Get your uh, the code is now AATBirds20. It is different. So use the code AATBirds, I should say 20. Uh, I flipped the wrong ones there for 20% discount. And of course, manscaped.com, your balls will thank you. Uh, and I'll be playing a new commercial tonight. Some of you hopefully have uh, seen it already. It's for the dads and grads in your life. So you'll be hearing that. And of course, don't forget the aatbirds.com shop where you can get all of your merchandise. Uh, shout out to our boy, Matt. I know he just recently uh, got his playoff maxi gear. Right there, covering up my face. I'll go this way. I'm over here now. Playoff Maxi, who who played well. Um, so, again, get your stuff, get your products, support small local businesses. All right. I've plugged. I've done it. 
Let's get into it. Let's start off with the big news first. The Sixers got beaten game one. Who's to blame and how are we going to fix it? Look, when you look at the final box score, it it's very misleading, right? It's very misleading because it's it was a couple points. But if you watch the game, the game was so bad for so long. And why was it bad? Well, because we got a Brett Brown level coaching job. We got a Brett Brown level coaching job where Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers is to blame yesterday, right? Doc Rivers was to blame for that loss yesterday. He got absolutely popped in the mouth. He got popped in the mouth and didn't adjust, right? And Matt's saying right away, play the game like you did in the second half. Utilize the trap a bit early. But it was so much more than that. It was so much more than that. Specifically, I'm putting the blame on two people. And I'm not going down the ref route because there's no point. Right? There, there's no point in going down the ref route. Kelly, 100% doc. I knew you'd agree with me. I knew you'd agree with me. Um, I'm not going to go down the ref route because you could. The refs were bad. They blew calls. They, they blew the calls where, you know, Danny Green got his shirt tugged. Danny Green lost his mind. The ticky-tack calls that Trey Young seemed to get every single one of. The things that got Ben in foul trouble early. I mean, you could – all of that. Absolutely all of that. But that's in every game. That's in every game. So let's back it up a bit. Let's look at the things the Sixers could control. In the first half, they went down by almost 30 points. And my wife listening from the other room right away. It's hard to say where all the blame should be placed, but the turnovers have to stop. They looked a hot damn mess. Hot damn mess. And how do you fix that? As Manny just said right away, it's coaching. Doc Rivers got outcoached by Nate McMillan in game one for at least the first half. And they dug themselves such a severe hole that, yes, they looked great in the second half. Adam, what's going on, man? Excited. We got to talk because you were at the game. You got to share some things. You got to share some things. Right? But here's the thing. He didn't adjust until it was way too late. The turnovers were horrific. Look, the Hawks shot absolutely lights out, right? The Hawks shot absolutely lights out to the point of, you look, you knew Trey Young was going to get his points and he was shooting great, right? Finished with 35. Bogdanovich, you know he's a good shooter, finishes with 21. The Kevin Herter, Huter, Herder, I don't know how you say the dude's name, but he hit us up for 15. Gallinari came in, hit points. Lou Williams, he's been the sixth man of the year for a reason. Capel, like John Collins getting 21 points. You have to stop somebody. And if the only person you're stopping is Solomon Hill, you're not going to win a basketball game against the Atlanta Hawks. You're just not going to do it. So starting right away, the defense, the way they played in the second half has got to be the focus. So how did they adjust? Right? How do they adjust? Real simple. They put Ben Simmons on Trey Young and they stopped it at the head of the snake. Right? They cut off the head of the snake. Yes, he can still get his assists. And that's where the other guys need to step up. Thibel, you know what? Here's where the second part of my blame falls. Danny Green 
should not start game two. I know, I know, here's my controversial hot take, right? Danny Green should not start game two. Matisse Thibel should start in his place. Now, why do I say that? Let's start off with the easy number to read. Danny Green scored four points in 30 minutes of basketball. Let me say that again. Danny Green scored four points in 30 minutes of basketball. All of the other starters had at least 17. That was Ben Simmons as the low man. Danny Green for the past couple of games has not been the consistent playoff Danny Green that he is expected to be. You know what I mean? And I don't know if it's the bad shot. I mean, the shots that he's taking, those corner threes, that's the Danny Green corner. He's shooting from Danny Green corner. But he's worried about, exactly like Matt's saying, he's worried about the refs, he's not focused, and he's not hitting his shots. And look, shooters get streaky, and I get it. And we're so lucky to have Seth Curry who can put up 21, and Tobias Harris who can put up 20 and get a double-double. And Ben Simmons gets a double-double. And Joel Embiid playing with a torn meniscus getting 39 and winning one rebound away from a double-double. But if you are going to play 30 minutes of basketball, you cannot shoot that badly and play defense at an abysmal level like you did. Sip to the truth. You can't do it. You cannot play defense against Trey Young on such an abysmal level. And I know it's been beaten to death, but you can look at one play. You can look at the one play where 18, it was fourth quarter, 18 seconds tick off the clock simply because Trey Young knew how to read the clock. Trey Young never picks up the ball. The shot clock doesn't start, but the clock is rolling. The clock is rolling. He fakes picking it up. Joel Embiid is losing his mind behind him. Pressure him. Pressure him. At that point, it's close enough. Pressure him. Pressure him. 18 seconds tick off the game clock, zero seconds off of the shot clock. If you are playoff experienced, Danny Green, that cannot happen. And there are so many other things that we can talk about. But if I am ranking in importance, I know the whole clock thing doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but you have to touch the ball for the shot clock to work. Inside of a certain amount of time, the clock stop after each possession change and each dead ball. But when that clock is rolling, you have to. T- it was nobody's ball. It was nobody's ball. That ball was there for the taking. And Danny Green, all he had to do was pressure him. What was he afraid of? He was going to get blown by. Well, you have four other guys on defense and enough time for them to get in front. But for you to allow 18 seconds to tick off the clock in the game where you have the momentum, you can't have that. So if I'm ranking the order of blame for the game one loss, Doc Rivers takes the most. He's coach. He has won championships. He's got to do better. And I literally had to call in Phil from the mountains. I had to call in Phil from the mountains. Yo, I literally, I literally just jumped out of the hot tub just to just to jump on here with you. Just to jump on. And I, I, I'm going to hold you for long enough because I know there's a you might not be doing your golf show tomorrow, but I do want to talk golf with you if that's cool. That's absolutely we're, the, the golf show Fairway to Heaven will be live tomorrow. Jason will be live tomorrow. I'll be producing it. I might jump on for a second or two, but he's got a special guest with him tomorrow to do the golf show because Jay- Jason's a, a Detroit Pistons fan. He doesn't know about playoff basketball. True. You know, 
So, so, so he could do a golf show and not worry about the Sixers game that's going on. But I, I know you have some golf questions I, for me for tonight. I, I do. I do. And it's not so much golf as much as it's how the hell the PGA is going to be allowed to get away with what they did. But let's, let's, let's focus up for a second. So I am currently placing blame on, uh, on the game one loss. And in my mind, it goes, Doc Rivers takes the most, followed very closely by Danny Green. Not very closely. He's definitely a number two, Danny Green and what he produced. And then after that, it's a myriad of issues, including Ben Simmons has got to get this free throw thing under control. How do you see it? Well, I, th- I think you're right on the Doc Rivers at number one. I-, I-, I don't know if you can necessarily blame Danny Green because Danny Green's flaws in game one were mm-hmm. Doc Rivers' fault. Okay. Doc Rivers should have pulled him off of guarding Trey, Trey Young much sooner than he did. And so you, can't necessarily, so, so you can't necessarily blame him for being put in a position to fail. If, if you're the boss and you put your employees in a position to fail, they're going to fail. I love Doc Rivers. He's, he's way better than Brett Brown and, and has shown that this year. But the right. problem is, last night was a Brett Brown-type moment for Doc Rivers. Yep. I've, just, I've, I've watched enough Doc Rivers games where I've never seen him watch a basketball game get out of hand. He always does something. He straight right. up watched it happen and got to such a point that by the time he finally was like, oh my God, I have to fix this. And he made the adjustments and he started doing the full court press and he started putting Ben Simmons on only for a very limited amount of time. And then it was right back to Danny Green. By that point, it was too far out of reach. The mm-hmm. fact that they made it a four point game shows just how good of a team the Sixers are. Right. Absolutely. And, and I see a lot of people, I, I you know, there's, there's, Boatloads, and I mean boatloads of non-Sixers fans out there that are Hawks fans all of a sudden. And they're talking about how the, the Hawks have another gear. Well, the Sixers have two, three, four more gears than what they right. showed you know, yesterday. So I'm not worried about that aspect of it. I'm worried about the aspects of the game where you know that the Sixers can't control. The, 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 the coaching, the players mm-hmm. can't control the coaching, but also the refereeing. And again, we talked about during the Wizards series how bad the refs were. And again, it's, it seemed to be a same kind of issue last night as it was in the Wizard series. I just, I don't understand. So again, it, it goes into that point that we were making before of what constitutes a playoff foul, right? Oh, that's a playoff foul. Trey Young was begging for calls and got them. But yeah. you could you could see, th- and again, I, this is the one that keeps sticking out to my mind. Danny Green's shirt physically extended followed by a turnover, and there's no call. And Danny Green was right to be irate about it. I don't understand how those discrepancies can be there and how nothing gets done time in did and you, time out. Did you did you catch the play? And I, I forget which one of my followers or which of one of the people that I follow posted on Twitter today. There was a play, and I missed I'll, – I'll be the first to admit, I was working a lot yesterday, so I missed some of the nuances of the game. There was a play – where the somebody on the Hawks was on the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Trey Young was standing next to Joel Embiid. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and he and, and he and, literally he literally flopped off the free throw line trying to draw a contact foul on a free throw. And I'm surprised it wasn't called a foul because again, I don't think it's far reached to say that 
the Sixers, the NBA doesn't want the Sixers and the process to work. And they will do what they want, they can to make sure it doesn't work. And that right there, I wouldn't have been surprised if fail was called there. I just, I don't understand, again, and you might be right. And we can, you know, every single time a situation like this comes up, you you do start to see um, situations arise or, you know, the conspiracies start to come in. But in this situation, you have a team that went down to the absolute frame of a franchise, the bare minimum, and started rebuilding a team. I'm using a car analogy here, rebuilding it piece by piece. And all of a sudden now you have a, a very impressive uh, final product, but they don't want to admit that you could do it this way because it was bad for business. Look, look, it, it may have been bad for business. It may not have been whatever you think about the process, but other teams are doing it. The Oklahoma City Thunder are doing the process. Yep, right they now. are not a good basketball team, and they are trading. And in they pieces. are they literally have twenty seven point four picks in the next two drafts, and the NBA only has two rounds of draft. So it's insane the amount of picks that the Oklahoma City Thunder have acquired. But yet there's no talk about that because it's a small market. But the Sixers are in Philadelphia, a major market, and the NBA doesn't want that kind of reputation. And it's upsetting. It's frustrating for a Sixers fan, but also as a basketball fan because, you know, it's, it's clear as day. You don't have to be a Sixers fan to see the bias that are being thrown towards the Sixers right now. Right. And that's, and that's it. You know, you look at a team like Brooklyn and Brooklyn is up last I saw by 20 and why they've got, I tuned they, down, they I tuned down the first quarter. Was a, what was that? I tuned out in the first quarter. It was so bad. Yeah, yeah, It was, it was a stomping because again, you put some of the best players in the entire league on the same team. They're just going to score. They're just going to score. Um, I brought, I brought Don in straight off of his podcast. Cause I know, <laughs> I'm like I, I we we first off we went twinning today. We were both wearing our 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 uh, our lower Marions. I took mine off for Kelly Kapowski. My girl needed to support me oh, today. Nice. I'm feeling a type of way. Wait, hold on. So you got to go on there and get the. Did you see the the Bayside Zach Slater Zach uh, Zach Morris AC Slater? I did. I, I got did. The, the AC Slater number six. Zach I did. Morris. Listen, I'm a heck of a lot more than you. Believe me, I seen it. I seen <laughs> it. I see. All right, so Don. We're, we're ranking right now why they lost game one. I have it as Doc, Danny, got to make some free throws. And again, the refs you can put in anywhere. I'm just, at this point, assuming the refs are going to be terrible. Phil says, agree with Doc, and then you're putting the refs at two, right? I'm putting the refs at two. And okay. Danny Green would be three for yeah. not living up to his billing. Right. How do you see it, Don? So uh, I'm going to sit the whole ref piece aside and because I, I went back and tried to look at you cannot let Danny Green be within a mile of Garden Trey Young no in my mind like that that piece that you sat on like I think Doc got caught sleeping and watching the game and not actually coaching um so for me number one the biggest change that you have to make going in is that you have to swap in Matisse Thibel into that starting lineup and then rotate and let either Thibel or Ben Simmons guard Trey Young. Um, you can't have a lineup out there that is your entire bench. No. Starters but, 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 hold on. So you say put Matisse out there, but I'm sure you know the play where Trey Young clearly pushed off 
and leaned into Matisse and the foul was still called on Matisse. Right. So does it matter who's guarding Trey Young when the refs are clearly going to favor Trey Young on every point. situation? And I brought it up today on Twitter that it's going to turn into the NFL where wide receivers have such an advantage over defensive backs, you literally can sneeze and get a defensive penalty called on you in the NFL. That is what the NBA is going towards at this point. It doesn't matter I mean, if, who's guarding Trey Young. I, I think back to the early 90s in basketball, right? And if you broke 100, that was that was a pretty impressive offense. If you were in the you know 109, 110 range, you were a dominant offense. Now, I mean, 128 to 124, you are not allowed to play defense. It's a great point. And even the wife agrees. You and, yeah. you and the wife have been agreeing with me or with each other all day. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I can't I, help I, myself. I, listen, I'm wearing my Continental, you know, hot tub, you know, little jacket. Anybody who knows what the Continental means can laugh at that joke, you know. Won't, won't explain it too much. When, when I, I try, I tried to take that aside. I, I know that that there were there were a lot of calls that were were they they were blatantly missed or in, in one direction or the other. But in my mind, like you can't get caught in a 17-0 run no. with an entire bench lineup and not make a move. Your starters have to play, I don't know, call it between 39 and 44 minutes. Like Phil, they, they, how many times did it. you say you've got to the bench. all the shows? Phil, you said it so many times. They have got to shorten this bench up to the point of some of these guys don't even have to take their warm-ups well, off. I, I'll take it a step right. further. You have a player on your team playing with a torn meniscus. Yep. And he led your team in minutes played. Yeah. And, and everybody that watches any of the shows I'm on knows how much I love Ben Simmons and how much I love Tobias Harris. But there's no reason for Joel Embiid and his torn meniscus to be on the court more than the two of them. So yep. I'm not criticizing them per se. I'm criticizing Doc Rivers for the fact that he had, I don't know what the final numbers were. What was it, like 36 minutes of Ben Simmons and 35 minutes of Tobias Harris? Something in those Joel 38, Ben 37, Seth and Tobias 36, Danny that's, 30. Dwight that's, Howard. That's not good Dwight enough. Howard, that is not eight good minutes. enough. Eight minutes for Dwight Howard. Good. That is not, well, I, I, the, the Dwight Howard thing, I could I could live with the, the minutes on the Dwight Howard. But when you have Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, with less minutes than your your guy that has a torn knit ligament in his knee. Yeah. That's bad coaching right there. Ben Simmons needs to play 40 minutes yesterday. Tobias Harris needs to play 42 minutes yesterday based off the way the game was going. You did not need Cork Moss. Hey, even we all love playoff Maxi. We right. all love playoff Maxi. But you know what? He's not ready for that moment yesterday. You could tell that from minute one. He was forcing layups and shots. That's when you say, "All right, let's 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 stash him back on the bench." Tonight's not his. Shake Milton lasted one minute, literally one minute. That's how far he has fallen off. One minute. The, I mean, that was actually smart. That he only court. played. That was actually. I won't I lie. Agree. That, was that was a good smart decision. minute for Doc. Doc was trying to find a spark at that moment with so, with, with Shake Milton, but Maxi had 15 minutes. You could tell in minute one, Maxi was not ready for that moment. Right, and that was a, that was a Doc Rivers mistake. I mean, Don, how do you see it? Is it what what needs to change? Let me add it this way. What needs to change game two? And before you answer, 
I like that I'm being NWO invaded by the DOB guys. We got Rich popping in too. I didn't even send him a link. He just he hacked in. It's crazy. In. Oh wait, how, wait, where do we have to rank uh, Triple H's on the blame meter? Oh, that would be number two. <laughs> I, 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 I ain't letting any member of DX out on that court ever again. <laughs> too much, too much pregame show. I think too much hype. Too much sucking. Not yeah. enough. Not enough buckets. Not enough buckets. Yeah. Too That'll much fuck it, not enough bucket. I feel my, 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 my drink's too empty for that. I imagine. So, Don, how do you fix it? So, it, in my mind, and we, and we were talking about this tonight about how, like, I think you've got to increase the opportunities to put pressure on the, de- on the Hawks. They, in that second half, crumbled under the pressure, giving up that 26 point lead letting the Sixers all the way back within two, I think you look for opportunities, you know, and, and it's not viable to to put them in a full court press the entire game. It's not. But if you say, all right, anytime we get a fast break bucket, press. Uh, in the last three minutes, made bucket, press. Anytime you get that opportunity to, to, to just throw the pressure on there, I think right. – you're going to see those turnovers happen. Right. Rich, so you got to answer it twice. Yeah. You got to answer it where your problems were and then how you fix it. So give me your top three issues with yesterday and then how do you fix it? Well, Danny Green playing <laughs> playing defense on, on Trey Young. Yeah, that's that's not going to happen ever again. Uh, it shouldn't. No. It shouldn't. No. Uh, he's going to come he – needs, he needs to come off the bench. He, he's going to go to a bench roll, be the guy who comes in. Hit some threes. He can't start. You have to put. You have to start Matisse. If you don't start Matisse over Danny Green, then it's just going to be a problem. You need two. I would say elite defenders in there with Ben and Matisse. You put Ben on Trey Young because that's who he wants to guard, and you let everybody else beat you. You're enough. Enough with that. Okay. Enough, like en- enough with the Danny Green pl- trying to play defense. I- I'm fine with not seeing that. And Ben needs to stay on the court. Like I get the whole. We had too many turnovers. We were down too much. The substitutions, Doc said, just weren't adding up. He said, right. so that's why you saw my all-bench lineup more than, you know, you should have. But you cut that bench. Take it down. Even more down. Take it even down. More down. down. Goodbye, Corkmas. Shake doesn't even see in a second. I don't even want Shake dressed because that's how terribly he plays, even in a minute that he gets. I have no idea what happened to the guy. I, I don't even want to ask him. I'm just going to. Pile that away with all the the dog shit that he does, and then Maxi, like you said, Phil, he's not he's not ready for that spot. He's not ready for that spot. I love the energy and I love what he brings, but he forced some really bad layups, really bad drives yesterday. And I'm like, eh, I don't think he's ready. Tobias needs to step up. Mm-hmm. Ben needs to play all game. There's nobody in better shape or has a higher motor than Ben Simmons. And that block showed you everything that you needed to see. Yep, the chase if, down. I, I heard ben you say that on your show. I was listening because you were really hyping that up, and it's true. You saw the athleticism in that one back-and-forth, back-and-forth block hustling all the way down the court series. He doesn't sweat. My man does not break a sweat. He <laughs> is completely <laughs> fine with playing 44 minutes. And he's the guy you need in there facilitating the second team with George Hill. You do not need to take Ben out to have George and Maxi and Furcon. Furcon, thank you for a few threes, but I'm done with you too. You're going to sit on the bench. 
keep your guys in. You Joel almost scores forty, and you lose. Like you're not going to see. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Those video game numbers. That's over with. I I have to absolutely agree with, disagree with you, one hundred percent. You do not bench Danny Green at this point. If you're going to talk about Maxi not being ready for the moment, Shake not being ready for the moment, Matisse is ready for the moment to an extent on defense, but he does not have the experience that Danny Green does. You're not going to pull Danny Green out of the starting rotation at this point. That is not a smart decision, in my opinion. But on the flip side of the equation, you can can coach him and put him somewhere else on defense. You can have Ben Simmons from the get-go on Trey Young. You could definitely do that. And then when you want to move Ben Simmons off of Trey Young, whether it's for foul trouble or whatever it is, then you put Matisse in. But Matisse and Ben Simmons in your starting rotation hurts your offense so much. You need somebody that at least has the confidence that they could try to knock down a shot. Danny Green right. has the confidence to knock down the shot. Whether he makes it or not, over the long haul, his numbers are not bad. He had a bad game yesterday. But in the big picture yeah. of the equation, his confidence offensively is worth having him in the starting rotation. I think over – over, I, I give I you think, all that. I, I, I think I for experience purposes, I, I agree. You keep Danny Green in the starting lineup because, yeah. you know, he's a member of the last two championship teams. I mean, he yeah. does – this is his time. This is why you brought him in. Yeah, absolutely. But if he's starting to shoot like he has, not even just for the last game, but for the last three games. Right. Game four, game five, and game one, he has not shot the ball well. He is in a, he is in a cold streak. So in that point, you do sacrifice the offense that he's not providing for the defense that Thibel will provide. Right, because if, he's, if, if, his, if his main asset is that he's going to give you threes and no Ds, well then, right. and he's now giving you no threes and no Ds, then you, he, he, Phil, he absolutely has value. Absolutely. That playoff experience, his ability to be able to knock down threes, absolutely. But if he's not doing one of those two things, do you put him but, in a role where he can come off the bench? But you got to put him in a role in the starting lineup where he could provide that. How many corner threes did he take yesterday? Zero. I mean, I didn't watch every second of the game, but every shot I saw him take was from an uncomfortable position for his style of his game. You should never have him on. Trey Young, the fastest guy on the court. No. Danny Green's defensive style isn't to guard the fastest player on the court. He's at his point in time in his career. That's not what you do. So I don't blame Danny Green for his poor performance yesterday because he wasn't put in a position to succeed. You as a coach, as a manager, as a boss, you need to put your people in a position to succeed. And Danny Green was right. not put in that position yesterday. And that, and that, and that I will give you. You know, he definitely was not put in a position to succeed. However, he, he is still – he's playoff. He, he, that's what he's supposed to be doing. Again, I, I do – I agree with, with Jason's comment here. They were a little unprepared. I almost think it wasn't even so much that they were unprepared as they were so confident. Like, the way that, that Embiid came out, it was, it was cocky. It was cocky as hell. And I think it too was much, too much focus. Too much focus on, on the DX. 
And not enough yeah, focus on the much, game when it be that's right. Too yeah. much focus on the fuck it, not the bucket. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 what it comes down to. But it was. And that's yeah. okay. Or if you, you're going to, to, to quote, win the game to by quote 30. Triple, to quote Triple H and Shawn Michaels, are you ready? They no. weren't ready yesterday. <laughs> no. And and to quote Kevin Hart, they weren't ready. You weren't ready. <laughs> no. Are you ready? So, Phil, I got to respect your time. You popped on. You well, you popped out of the hot tub. You, you bundled up the chesticles. You kept the, yeah, the beard bit. looking all nice. The, man, the manscaped stuff hasn't you – know, I haven't <laughs> used enough of it yet lately. If you notice, I'm covering it up here, you know. Well, but I'm, I'm, excited, I'm excited, excited to hear the new commercial. Oh, my God. It's the, the, the new commercial is great. <laughs> I am the spokesperson for the new manscaped commercial. <laughs> my, my Italian jeans – you know, literally, it's the most absurd yeah. thing on the planet, and I'm very proud. Yeah, of I am, um, yeah, Jason. I am calling out Triple H. I've already called out Triple H. Anytime Triple H wants to go one on one, he don't have the balls to go one on one with me. God, that's What's that's not the uh, Jim Mean talking. That is just me being that confident in myself. Cracking oh, another one. There man. we go. All right, that's right. Phil, that's right. I- we're having a special moment here. For the first time, I'm talking about the PGA Tour on Chips and Dish. Yep. Now, let me say this before I say anything else. I understand very little about golf because I, it doesn't interest me. I'm a lefty, so yeah. I never got interested playing growing up because there were never clubs for me. Um, plus, I'm a spaz, and I can't stay focused on that for that long amount of time. However, a story happened over the weekend that was PGA – but it was the PGA being some absolute sons of bitches. Absolutely. So here's what happened, right? There is a guy named John Rom. Right? Actually, and I learned pronunciation. Just to see, you know, I gave you how to pronounce his name Rom, but his name is John Rom Rodriguez. I didn't even know that. I've been following PGA Tour for 15, 20 years. I didn't even know his last name was Rodriguez. I always thought his last name was Rom, just to just to throw that out there. So John Raman Smith, John Raman Noodles over here, is ranked <laughs> what number three in the world? Is that correct? Yeah. So I did my research. He's ranked number three in the world. He is playing in an event. I don't even know the name of the event. That's how much I don't know golf. He was playing in a non-masters tournament event. He was a non-US Open event. Phil, it was the Memorial, hosted and sponsored by the great Jack Nicholas. Right. He's currently on my shit list for this story as well. So he is playing. He is six strokes ahead in the lead, finishes his third round. Right. So in golf, you play four rounds. He finishes the third round, six strokes in the lead. Very much a high chance of him winning. In fact, Phil, in your previous episode of Fairway to Heaven, did you pick him? I did not, but Jason okay. did. Okay. And I had, who was in second place at the time, Morikawa, picked to win. Who just automatically, after you explain the story, magically became the first place person after this. Oh my god. How does such things happen? So what ends up happening <laughs> is he finishes the third round, and on cap, so he literally, you know, bloop, picks up the ball, hey, you know, a little wave of the crowd. PGA official. And of course, there's a camera right on him. And on camera, they announced to him that he must withdraw because he has tested positive for COVID-19. 
on live camera with the microphones on and you can hear everything because it's golf says that he tests positive for COVID-19 and has to withdraw from the PGA event that he was winning by six strokes. So starting right off at the top, the HIPAA violation is obvious. You cannot disclose people's medical information without their consent to do so. So right away, he can sue them for a HIPAA violation, no question. That's where my comment down here is, and should pay legally. If I'm John Ramen Noodles, I would absolutely sue them for the cost of the tournament and what the purse of the tournament was. Which was my uh, wife one is sitting right over here per- texting angrily that she has a problem with this. I told her about this this morning. She was like, are you kidding me? She was so heated about it. So heated. Yes, Jason, it is a violation. Yes, it is terrible optics. It's absolute tragedy. I'm going to stop. I'm going to literally give Phil the spotlight for a second here because I, you I don't deserve even it. Know, I don't even know which way to, to go with this. Don't zoom well, in on me. Take I'm, still, you take I'm still in my continental jacket here, you know. <laughs> I don't know. First off, it was $1.67 million to first place at the Memorial yesterday, and he gets $0 because he had to withdraw. Boom. Now, I don't know who to blame. Do you blame the PGA for walking out onto the 18th green and telling him this on live TV. Do you blame CBS for continuing to air it? Now, Jim Nance is a legend in sports talk. He did the best he could with the situation. He didn't know what the situation was going on. Nope. But he could easily have said, well, let's cut to a commercial and then come back afterwards. Do you blame Dottie Pepper, the sideline reporter that said, I just got confirmed through my reporter that he tested positive for COVID. I I don't know who to blame. So I'm blaming the PGA because literally for those that don't watch golf regularly, when you finish your round of golf, you have to go into the clubhouse and sign your scorecard and your score is not official till your scorecard matches the professional guy in the, in the clubhouse, whoever the professional is their scorecard. And that's, it's happened before on professionals. Errors happen on scorecards. So, okay, so Manny is saying CBS has a delay. Exactly. You could have easily exactly. come to commercial and met, you know, so the PGA is at fault 100% here, but so is CBS. Yes. And I don't want to get into Wait. details about COVID. I don't. No, because no, nor, nor, nor what it is, everybody's got their opinions on COVID. Why couldn't he have played his round Sunday, you know, by himself? None of his playing competitors had a withdrawal. He was close contact to his competitors. You know, Morikawa, Cantlay, all those other guys. You know, why didn't they have to withdraw? So it was a black eye majorly and a total black mark on the sport, which has a lot mm-hmm. of black marks at this point. Well, and they, So they should, I did some research today. I did some research today because I, I really I, – I wanted to. And I, I'm currently looking at an article from the Columbus Dispatch – Right. Okay. Where Jack Nicholas, and this is where my 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 love for the Golden Bear, right? It's the Golden Bear, right? Yeah. It is the Golden Bear. <laughs> Again, not, I, I know he's Jack Nicholas. I know he's one of, if not the greatest golfer of all time. However, he sounds like an absolute asshole in this article, right? And he said, and I'm quoting this article, he goes, um, Oh, where is I lost the quote, but he's like, oh, well, it's not a hassle 
We don't know, but you know, it's not your typical two week all clear period. Basically, he's saying it was a bad business decision. It would, oh, here you go. John, this is from Jack Nicholas. John is a big boy and understands we have rules. And unfortunately, rules are something you may not like, but they are the rules we have right now, and you have to abide by them. Well, that, that is totally true. And the PGA Tour And I'm not trying to say vaccines are good or bad. I'm not even going to say whether I'm vaccinated no. or not on the, on the air. That's not the point. But the point is there's double standards. If that was Tiger Woods, if that was Phil Mickelson, you know, on that tour, John Rahm has a reputation. He doesn't have the uh, – I can't read Wife, this on my screen. Too. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I mean, all, all you had to do was do this off screen. Off screen. Off screen. There but, were discreet ways to do this. It should It should have been – honestly, it should have been – on the PGA's <laughs> radar, like correct, like they, they it saw was, like it was. They knew. just so you know, Don, it, it was. was it was on the radar. He had already been notified before the tournament that he could withdraw because he was within close contact of somebody right. that had it, like, and he, he chose he, not to. Right, he had six day, six consecutive days of testing prior to the event. Absolutely, he, and then he was partially vaccinated. Once he found out that there was a potential that he was, yeah, in close contact, so like, but they, they could not have handled this worse. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> no, the, they, they could have handled it better for me because I made a lot of money. My DraftKings picks <laughs> went from okay to great. I cashed in fifteen of twenty-two DraftKings lineups this weekend. Which would have probably been somewhere in the neighborhood of eight of twenty-two if John Rom didn't withdraw. So um, I'm just going to say sarcastically that it, it made me a lot of money. So Jack Nicholas again, he put himself in a position to get exposed. How I don't know. Like Jack Nicholas sounds like an asshole here. Well, yeah, he, he, he sounds like an asshole here. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I'm not trying. To, I don't want to get political with the answer to that comment. I, um, but yeah, I, I get what some you're very saying. major political co- comments based off of that. Um, so there were there were three. So again, I'm using this article because this article is basically putting it all on uh, the ramen noodles guy, right? Mm-hmm. Making an exception would be unfair to the other three players who were forced to withdraw after testing since competition returned a year ago. Uh, competition equity sending him out as a single would create advantages not available to other players participating as true. twosomes. That um, is true. That is true. But he, I'm going to say something, and again, this could be me being dumb off this. Y'all, it's golf. How close are you actually supposed to be? You don't well, have to well, actually be. Say, no, go you, ahead, Don. You, you could hype if I mean what I think what like Chip. What, I think what you're saying is like hypothetically, and Phil, you might have mentioned it earlier. Hypothetically, he could have played a solo round by himself without any close contact to anybody. And that would have been a viable way to say, hey, listen, you know, you've got to finish. You, you're you're going to be pulled off the course, but you're going to finish the, your your third round to, you know, finish the fourth round. But the fourth round is going to be a solo round by yourself without close contact. And that would have been acceptable. I, he, he wouldn't have preferred it, but I, I feel like that would have he been would a viable say, John Rahm would have preferred it because John yeah. Rahm doesn't like a lot of people on tour. John Rahm has a reputation yeah, on tour. Okay, that that's another whole subject there, and, and I get that you get an advantage by playing by yourself because you're not competing directly with the person in front of you. 
but on the flip side of the equation, he, his six-stroke lead that he had, based off of right. how Morikawa and the actual winner, who Morikawa did not win, Patrick Cantlay won okay. in a playoff. It went to a playoff. Patrick Cantlay was playoff. actually another favorite of the event. Yeah, playoff. Um, playoff. Those playoff. guys six strokes behind. There's a point in a golf tournament, whether it's the third round or the fourth round, where everybody knows who's winning the golf event. When you could tell right. based off of the odds on DraftKings or FanDuel, who is going to win the event. John Rahm could have gone out and shot one of his worst rounds of the year and still won the event. So I, I think that is where the problem has come with a lot of people is that he basically had such a lead. It would be like, you know, let's go back 20 years because it's the 20th anniversary of the Lakers Sixers in the finals. Let's just go and say in game four or game five, Kobe and Shaq get pulled from the series, both okay. at the same time and are done from the series and the Sixers come back and win it. Isn't there an asterisk on that championship right there now? Absolutely. Because and they, basi- they didn't and that's play. basically what happened with Cantlay winning on Sunday. There's got to be an ostrich in mentally in people's minds because there's no way John Rahm, even on his worst day, was going to blow that lead. All right. So, so Rich, we've now thrown this whole round. What are your thoughts on everything that we're saying? Because you, you've been very pensive embracing all of this. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I have no idea. I don't really watch it. So, I mean, I look at it this way. You said there was three other people who tested positive this year for it. Since the golf came back, yeah. And they were all pulled as well. That sucks. But guess what? They were pulled. So, I mean, I don't like how they did it. I don't That's, think. That's, I think, my issue. Let me clarify that. Let me clarify that. A lot more than a few people have been pulled from events well, from then. testing positive. Just so you know, players said there's probably been about 20 to 30 professional golfers pulled from the PGA Tour. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing on the exact number. But I can name about 15 guys off the top of my head that have tested positive the week of an event. And because okay. I know personally, okay. I'm, I'm so, thinking to the DraftKings end of the thing. And I personally have had seven guys withdraw from a lineup of mine because of COVID. So it's so been a lot more I, than I, that. I, missed, that I missed one key phrase here. It's three other tour players were forced to withdraw after testing positive during an event. Okay. Well, that's the I missed the word during, and I apologize. But, but, but see, during an event for a for a fantasy player, during is once the event starts at eight a.m. There have been three instances that I know of specifically: Siwoo Kim, a couple other guys that have withdrawn before they teed off, but once the event started. So once the st- okay. event starts, in a gambling aspect, you've already placed your bet. Once the event starts, so you can't yeah. get your money back on that aspect of it. But a lot of golfers have tested positive. Golf was the first sport back last year after all sports shut down across yes, the was. entire country and across the entire world. Golf was the first sport back. And a lot of people, I was already gambling on golf before that, but a lot of people got into golf gambling fantasy wise because it was the only thing available. It was the so only game in town. Are, <laughs> I don't want to say novice because a year of gambling on golf is a lot of information because golf is a year round sport, but you know, the gambling aspect aside, a lot of golfers have tested positive because they don't require you, just like other sports, to get vaccinated. Not saying you should get vaccinated or not, but they do not require it. But you know signing up for a tournament, 
when you enter a tournament that if you test positive, your money's on the line. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I saw this happen. It caught my attention, which is weird because, again, it's golf, and golf does not catch my attention. I shared it with the missus. The missus this morning was like, are you kidding me? I have some thoughts on this. She's Like I said, she is literally over there right now, like crouched down with her phone, angrily typing <laughs> the thoughts into the chat. Like She has thoughts on this. Um, it just it stood out to me, and that's, Phil, why I wanted you so much to pop on. Um, oh, and so her aspect of it is she works in HR, so she was like, HIPAA violation, I'm all over this. Say what? You can't share that information. That information is not yours to share. I honestly let me let me let me right. let me sum this up before I roll out of here and let you guys finish yeah, this up. I won't let you go. I, I get back to the hot not Jack have Daniels. any issue with him being forced to withdraw if it wasn't done on live TV. If PGA Fort did it, like I said before, you have to go into a private room and sign your scorecard, confirm it with a PGA professional that is accurate. And there have been instances on tour where the golfer's scorecard does not match the match the professional scorecard. And then there's strokes you know, deducted from their score and all. So as, if this was done off the air, I'd been like, this is no big deal. This is Agreed. part of playing golf, not getting yep. vaccinated, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He took the risk, whatever. The way it was but done. Literally, when they're saying it, if you were watching it live and the way Jim Nance was announcing it, like he just had a newborn baby a few weeks ago. Did something happen to the baby? Did something happen to his wife? Yeah. What the hell happened that he's breaking down in tears on live TV? It was handled and how it was done so poorly. And that's the problem a lot of golf fans have. Not that he was forced to withdraw. And that's the problem but I how have. how he was told. That's it. Yeah, I think we can all agree so, that yeah, the way the way that the PGA, that CBS, they, they all probably handled it in the worst way possible. And I don't think that this is yeah. done. I don't. I think that there's going to be a legal issue here. I really do. It could be. So regardless, I mean, John Rom. I mean, John Rom went and did the professional thing and said it the right way and said, "Hey, this is my fault." Blah blah blah. Whatever. That was. I, I don't know. That that was just the. That was grown up John Rom because John Rom's been known to be an immature person on the PGA Tour in general, and he's had an attitude and a temper on the PGA Tour to begin with. So this is grown-up dad John Rom talking in his statement, but still, if PGA Tour and if CBS handled everything different, I wouldn't even be on this show right now. This would not be a topic. No, of I'll be honest, you wouldn't. I don't, even, I don't even think Chip would know that this happened if it wasn't done really? on live TV. I wouldn't. I, I will. I will confirm that. I would have no idea. That's how little I care about golf because it's just not on my radar. But seeing this, and it, it it transcended what golf is, and it turned into a, you guys messed up sharing this information and how you did it. Not the fact that he was removed. They made the right decision there. But you don't announce it on live television. Yeah. That's it. correct. And with that, Phil, splish splash, Sixers and five. Hey, hey, hey. The, the Continental is out, Sixers and five. <laughs> All right, you two drunk on broaders. Let me talk to you here. Let me talk. To, oh, God. Hold on. Wait. I know Phil is on his way out, but there's a novel in the comment section. It's going to cover up your face, Rich, for a second. So I apologize. Bye, Rich. Bye, Rich. <laughs> Rich, did you take the elevator down? 
All right, I'm not sure what the specific rules are when it comes to sports and revealing medical issues. But there are times when, for example, football players are put down for illnesses and they never say what it is. So somewhere in the sport, there's an ability to not reveal specifics. Ooh. Ding, that's a point. This situation okay. stripped him of the, that and the fact that the news outlets knew before he did. I'm curious to know if it was leaked by someone who placed a long shot bet. Oh, my God. Hold on. Katie, just tattoo Next time she's got a comment like this. She just gets the camera. Like, just give her the yeah, camera. Yeah, she just comes she, into the frame. Like, just walk into Taylor. Walk into the frame, and just say your piece. Oh, where? Right, hold on. There, hi. Say your piece, love. You got. She's there. Got there she is. Say your piece. <laughs> but yeah, speak your words. So. I could see the. I right, hold on. Wait, wait. Where's Rich? Yeah. <laughs> Been here the whole time. Try the field. Yeah. Try the field. It's delicious. <laughs> but again, it's, uh, it's, she's absolutely right. There are just yes. different ways to do wrong. things. And she's 100% right. And I've learned that in my marriage that typically she's just right. Um, Chip, even if she was wrong, I would say she's not wrong. I'm just letting it happy happen. Wife, happy life. We are married men here. We are yes. married men. Oh, we, we know the rules. Yes. You're right, Ben. You are right. Yes. She, well, she is right. And like I said, I told her exactly. the story today and – she was beside herself. She put her HR hat right on and went, hold up. I have some thoughts about this. And she was waiting for this section of the show. And the fact that I just spent 26 minutes on golf blows my own damn mind. I don't but know. moving on. <laughs> I'm done with golf. Back to fun stuff. I'm done with golf. For the love of God. Get rid of Spencer Howard. Who? Oh my God. They cut the ties on Scott Kingery today. I mean, they, they well, designated wait. him for a I was ready for that. I was yeah. ready for that. See, look, that, that was there. That was next. They, but let's start with Spencer they, they Howard. Put him on, Rich, wait. I don't know if you know. They, they put him on waivers. Designated got, him for assignment. They, like, they put him on waivers. Right, someone is, is not going to we'll, we'll, go we'll go to the next section. No. Scott Kingery and Nick Mayton are both back in AAA. Scott Kingery, they were like, we are going to designate him. And all the other teams made baseball were like, good. The good. Next, we don't the, want him. The, the, so he's now back in AAA with his $20-plus million contract. Yeah. Which is cheap, so it doesn't matter because it's over like nine years. So it doesn't But he sucks. They signed him off the intentions of him to be good because right. he showed promise. Then he came up and was broken. Well, and now he's still broken. Sorry, they signed him when they thought he was going to be Scotty Jetpacks, and exactly. he's Scotty No Packs. Scotty Shipwreck. <laughs> I just – I don't understand. You know, I, I, let me rephrase that. I do understand because I've watched this team for long enough to understand, but I don't understand how they got it this wrong on him. Well, they got it this wrong not just on him, but their, their farm system is a miss – like go up and down their drink, go up and down everything like full circle. It is bad from start to finish. There, there's draft, no one. They drafted no guys one. on analytics, right. And guys that they thought they were going to be able to piece me or to, to fit certain pieces in. I mean, that look at the guys that they drafted at the top of the draft. Cornelius Randolph. Who? I mean, who's the, who's the guy 11 corner outfielder. Who doesn't right. have power? And the guy that they drafted number one overall, who 
can't get out of double A. I just, I, it, it kills me. Like you want, and we've, we've talked about this before. And again, I'm not quite at the blow it up mentality. I'm close. I'm so close to the blow it up. Oh, because this team is really bad. Okay. So listen, Kip, Chip, what, by the time this team gets good, mm-hmm. those guys That's are going to be old. Those guys are going to have zero value, at least right now. Those guys have some value. By the time you get to the point where anything is relevant, I mean, Harper is going to be in his late mid to late 30s. Real Muto is going to probably be playing first because he's not going to be catching anymore. And they, they can't this is it. They can't get – yeah, they're five years away. From and I know Matt's put this comment on a whole bunch of my shows. And I, but like I said, still- Matt, was, Matt was waiting – Matt was waiting for He's this, just got this section. It's so relevant, though. Yeah. Like That's the thing. It's so relevant because you have zero farm system. No. So you bring in a guy like Dombrowski, who the only thing he does is trade prospects for proven players. You, Your well is dried up, Cuzzo. Your well is dried up. You have no prospects to trade for proven players. So right. what did he do? He patchwork quilted with free agency with DD because he was familiar with the team. And DD was a good player, but he's having a horrific season. Yes, he has no range at shortstop anymore. His no. range is just shot. And JT, now he's injured. had to sign him. Right. But you look at Maton was the best thing that they brought up from the minor leagues, and he's not that good. That dude no. has zero pop and is also equally as bad as a defender as DD Gregorius. And he hustles. You know, I respect, I respect the hustle – but I love guys who hustle and can't play chip. Like that's my that's favorite. My very favorite. That's why I'm signed to a, a forty a forty day contract with the, with the Phillies. Chip, I you coach little and kids. I can't play. You 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 ump little kids games, and you yep. always have that one kid Johnny out there who's not that good, but he hustles and makes the team. Yep, that's yep. what Maton is. That's what half of these minor leaguers are that come up. Well, they have hustle. Do not tell me that the kid has hustle because that means he has no shot of doing anything else. That means Wait, he has so, no shot of being successful. So can we have a conversation real quick? This kid has is he tries hard. Fuck try mm-hmm. hard. Give me somebody. Yeah, can can we have a conversation real quick about my very, very hated Philly right now? Travis Jankowski. I have no I mean, idea who that guy is. Joe, Joe That's Garrett? the guy who got tugged out between second and third by the catcher. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I just had no, no idea who that guy sweet was. Sweet hair, bro. Joe, Joe Dirt. And again, all of us, I mean, I'm the best one to talk out of that situation to comment on people's hair, but I know I look like I'm anyway. But again, <laughs> this guy, like, you have zero baseball sense, but you're telling me that Jankowski is on the 40 man roster. That means that you have nobody in your minor league system right now that is no. better than Travis Jankowski. No. That's, that's a problem. That, that's how that's a is. problem. The fact yeah. that your bullpen is an abomination. The fact that Vince Velasquez, look, Velasquez is doing what he can, but he's a number five starter at best. Um, and well, he's starting to come back down to earth. Spencer Howard, the you, you can't get out of the third inning. The fact that Spencer Howard, and I'm going to now shift it back a little bit. I'm going to switch please. it back to the Spencer Howard conversation mm-hmm. because I know Matt has been waiting for this. The fact that Spencer Howard, between the second and third inning, 
which is when he gets his first at bat typically, loses four to six miles per hour off of his fastball. He has zero conditioning. He is a fat boy. No offense. I don't shame. So we've had fat boys pitchers. We've had Blanton, who never said no to a Twinkie. Dude, then he can't say no to cheesesteaks. Get him out of Philly. All right, get him out of Philly. I have a gut. I get it. But I guarantee he's, he's I can rest on the mound. He's in the American League innings. for a reason. He don't got to run. Bro, but I have But no this idea is the problem. This is the problem. No he's considered our number one pitching prospect. That's the right. issue. Yeah. It goes back to your saying. It goes back to your saying. Well, he tries hard. This is the bullshit that we have to deal with. And it's not funny anymore. Like it's, it's not, like, and that's the thing. Let's, let's, put it, let's put it in perspective of real professions. You both are teachers. I'm a teacher. I don't have a degree to teach, and I hate children. But I try hard. Does that make <laughs> me a good teacher? No, it doesn't, Chip. I would be fired on Tuesday, and I you got wouldn't fired be hired. On you wouldn't be hired. But this is, but this is like the sad part. Like we laugh about it because it's true. It's like, incredulous laughing at this point. True. You have a bunch of guys who were on a team who made it because there's no one else. Right. That's why they're here. They're they're the best of what's left. And that's – but that's a problem because now, look, Spencer Howard, he's given you starts that last two innings. By by starts, you mean – He was the first guy to throw the ball. Just the first guy. Yeah, he's well, that's opener. now becoming a job. Like, oh, he's our opener. Yeah, that's Tampa Bay baseball that? philosophy. Uh, that's it's analytics. What the fuck is that? That's, it's analytics. That's, here's the issue. Well, they analytics. go, oh, well, yeah. let's let's try moving him to the bullpen. No. Yes. That is the yes. best. No. That is the best. Throw throw your wife. Put that on there right now. All right. Put right. that on there. <laughs> yes. He would not let us down. Yes. He Freddie was. Prince Jr. would not let us down. Yes. Oh, what was yep. his name in that? Sean? Wasn't it Sean? Um. Yes, it's Sean. He was the lefty, and he got he, first first uh, pitch. Uh, Griffey takes some yard when Griffey was a red. When he's on the Cincinnati Reds, when he gets just, called up, I love it. By the Phillies, by the yes, Phillies, by the Phillies. <laughs> by the Phillies, and the scout is the doctor from Scrubs. I love it. Uh, I love the Scotch fastball. It's a great fastball. <laughs> love that but, movie. You know, but like that's the like, great don't undercover baseball him. Don't redefine his role. His role. Like, if you're looking at, you know, where he should pitch, he should play consistently left out. That's where he should play, left out. It makes me so upset. It makes me so upset. Oh, I'm landing But again, you look at the rest of this team. Like, Hector Neris, Hector Neris, and I've been saying since the season started, not a closer. Hector Neris is not a closer. But this whole idea of let's maybe go closer by committee then. Well, Brandon Kinsler is closed, but we're not going to use him as a closer. Sam Coonrod, these eyes are all closed. Archie Bradley is your best closer. Chip, Chip, stop. Stop calling me your kid's name. Chip, stop. 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 You're trying to put rationale. You can't do that. Where there is none. There's no rationale to be found. Because there's, there, there's a reason, stinks. though. Because this bullpen we were stinks. sold we, once again, and this is my fault now. It's the fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. So here's the problem. At the beginning the of the season, we were sold a bill of goods on this team. 
Yes. Cooper sold the yes. bill of goods yes. on, look, the bullpen is better. We got Ian Kinzer. Coonrod's a great pitcher. Archie Bradley's a great pitcher. And these guys are good pitchers. I'm starting to actually adjust my blame once again to kind of go full circle with my show. It's the managing of it all, too. But Girardi is not doing a good job. And you can see that based on the fact that Gabe Kapler is doing a good job. Jordy has no one. There's absolutely yeah. no one for any type of situation. His best pinch hitter coming off the bench at one point was Adam Hazley. Like yeah. that was his best pinch we'll hitter. Just wait, because we're about. I'm going to guess about two weeks away before we get him back on the line. He's not, dude. He's Maybe. not even. He's not playing baseball right now. Yes, he's he is. He's back. He's oh, back he to. Tra- he's back to the minors. Okay, because he was so, he took, he took so a with Kingery going down and Mayton going down. I would say within the next week, Hazley's coming back up. In which case, I and I know Quinn. we've had a conversation about this. Right. Said it. And I know we've had a conversation about it as far as the outside of baseball stuff. But Odubel Herrera is at least the center fielder of this team for the purposes of he's the only damn guy that can do it. Yeah, I mean. Regardless I, of everything I, yeah, else, I, yeah. and uh, moving, removing the, the fact that he's a piece of garbage outside of baseball – He's the only guy on the roster that can play because if you put Jankowski in center field, and that's not saying much. He's also serviceable, but not that good. Right. But that's and that's what I'm saying. The frustration. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to a million percent agrees with you, Chip. I'm just saying. Well, no, no, no. But and but that's my frustration. I was sold a bill of goods on this team of look, we brought back Real Muto, we brought back Didi. Harper's going to have a breakout season. You know, you have all, you have everything lined up perfectly, and we'll we'll, we'll fix center field. But look hold at on. all these relief pitchers we brought in. And what, it's a what joke. You, but hold on, because we 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 all did the season preview shows. What what? You could not do the alternative, which was to run it back with whoever garbage cans you had out there. So I, I give Dombrowski a little bit of credit in a sense where there was an attempt to say, hey, listen, those guys sucked. We're going to get a bunch of other guys and we're going to get guys that throw gas and do this and do that. Now, listen, we, we knew that there was an alternative. We knew that there was a chance that you were going to get the crappy version of all these guys. It just so happens that we're getting the crappy version of everybody. Of everybody. But like, how can but you? Really, keep, so so it, it's I'm the, looking at it, one move. So works. one move I'm looking at here. One move I'm looking at here. Right? I want that shirt. How Chip. can you keep? What's that? I want that shirt. The Kelly Kapowski. That's a fantastic shirt. You, I know. Sorry, she, she joined us tonight. <sighs> right. I'm oh, looking okay. at one move here. How? Can you responsibly keep marching out Spencer Howard as a starting pitcher only to have Ranger Suarez come in and clean up your messes? Can I answer this question? Can I answer yes. this question honestly? I'm going to answer this question because us assholes are still watching, still watching it, still paying for fucking I know. I bought this year. We're still putting money in the pockets of the owner, and we're still going to games because we're so excited to get back to normal. That's the reason why they can do that to us. It has nothing to do with them wanting to win baseball games. It has everything to do with them fucking making money. That's why it happens, Chip, but it's not going to get solved. It's not going to get better. It is only going to get worse, and that's the problem. And I was active on Twitter, Jason. Yes, you were, Chip. Sending DMs to 
Taiwan Walker trying to get him to be on the damn team. You did. And Nick said the same thing yeah. last week. That's exactly what Jason said. And I'm yeah. Chip, I'm in agreement with everything that you're saying. And the sad thing is Don's worked up. I'm worked up. You're worked up. Because it's like it's like Saturday morning, right? Saturday morning, first day of summer, school's yeah. out. You go and knock on your best friend's door. You want to have like a pickup wiffle ball game, and he's not there. And then you spend all day riding around for something to do. Like that's what I feel like. I feel like the the Phillies are like my best friend who let me down like when I wanted to have some fun and like let loose. That's how I feel the Phillies are like treating me right now. And the biggest problem is going to be in the next month and a half, however long the Sixers run is, right? However long the Sixers run is the next month, month and a half. At some point, there's not going to be any more distractions from how bad this Philadelphia Phillies team is. Right. There won't be any more basketball. There won't be any more hockey. The Eagles haven't done enough yet. The only thing that's going to be, as it is, the dog days of summer, is watching Phillies baseball. And at that point, you know, again, and I'm going back to my guy, Ranger Suarez. He has pitched 17 innings in 2021. He has not yet allowed, allowed an earned run. How is he not at least your number five starter? Because Spencer Howard isn't it. Can I can I read something to you real quick? I, I would love you to. So Nick and my buddy Ryan, I mean, we have a group chat. Nick just put this out there. In 2011, okay. we really drafted Roman Quinn in the second round as a shortstop. We oh, took God. Roman Quinn over Mookie Betts. That's that's that didn't work. But now here's my question. <laughs> right here's my question. Would Mookie Betts have made it all the way up to the majors, or would he have been traded? He would. Mookie made. Betts. Mookie Betts would never have seen the Philadelphia Phillies uniform. Mm, at the time, yeah. in the outfield, yes, he would. He yeah, would. Because the outfield was that. We would have traded him for someone. You're nah, talking about the know. same team that has traded every single potentially good player. Mookie Betts right? made it to JP Crawford in like is, a, two years. is a gold glove shortstop. Freddie yeah, Galvis Mo- is having great seasons. Well, where you well, see, this is all right. Now this goes. See, now this is where you want to talk about management, and this is what Gabe Kapler's problem was. You had Mikel Franco. Mikel Franco having great seasons. He did. But JP Crawford, Crawford, he wanted him to play third. He didn't want to put him at short. He wasn't playing over Mikel Franco. So who are you letting go? You're letting go the guy who you gave sporadic at bats to, aka JP ha- or JP Crawford. Never put him in the field. Right. That's the guy you ship out, and then two years later, Mikel Franco walks because you're not going to pay him because he stinks. It has nothing to do with. It has everything to do with the coach at the time and who they want. Like when right. we had Pete, whatever his name was, and he had McKinnon. that. that no, not uh, Pete McKinnon. Yes, Pete McKinnon. Yeah, he had his own people, and he had them where they wanted to play, and now it's like. Okay, now you see half those guys are on. Freddie, Freddie Galvez. Cesar Hernandez doing great. Yeah, Cesar Hernandez, Hernandez is, is killing it. He led the league in doubles yeah. last year, Cesar Hernandez. But he didn't fit in because we had Scotty Jetpacks who we signed, like Jason said, before he played a lick in the minors. It has nothing to do with we're trading these guys. It's everything with the coaches and what they want to do with them. So like you said, it goes down to management. Gabe Kapler could not manage the players that he had on the Phillies. He goes to San Fran. He's successful because there's no pressure and nobody gives a fuck about the Giants. Let's be real. 
No. Yeah. Nobody cares about the Giants. But Brandon Crawford's a great shortstop. And then they have pieces. And Guzman, or Guzman, or Gosman yeah. is pitching out of his mind. But he's on his seventh team. Well, it's easy to play when you have zero pressure. Right. But the Spencer Howard thing, it's done. It's like the Cole Irvin thing. They moved yeah. on from Cole Irvin after one year. They need to do the same thing with Spencer Howard because he does not have it. It's I, I know that Jason is on here. And Jason, you put a comment a couple minutes ago that I'm going to put back up at this point. Because you and I, Jason, I'm scrolling for it. I'm looking for it. Here it is. Well, you and I, Jason, had a little uh, a little tete-a-tete, a little head-on-head action about a certain pitcher on the Philadelphia Phillies pitching staff. And it seems, Mr. Mr. Voorhees over here, that your opinion has changed. Are you correct. not in the Aaron Nola is an ace camp anymore, sir? Because I believe, and I can go to the tape, that we have a whole damn show on it. Well, I, I saw something. I saw, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I've come around. I agree. I want to come on a show. <laughs> but listen, I, I saw there was a statistic that I heard on on Baseball Tonight um, with Buster Olney where they were talking okay, about um, the Phillies have only won 10 out of the last 30 Aaron Nola starts. But here's the thing. That's a problem. Like, DeGrom has the same problem. Correct. The Mets don't win when DeGrom pitches because the Mets don't necessarily win. However, it's not because of DeGrom. DeGrom has a .62 ERA. That is the lowest and the first nine starts of a season in the history of baseball. Well, I saw there, there was a game I caught the other night where he had five pitches in one inning. That were 101 or up. It was, the, it was the first inning. It was the first inning of that game. Uh, four of them. Four of them were balls. Four of them were balls. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. No, just I the four just, of them like, were when balls. I look at that phrase, Ace, Aaron Nola, my biggest knock on him is consistency. When he starts, you don't know what you're going to get. And it's the whole damn team. You also never have a lineup that can hit behind Aaron Nola. Like that's I look at it. Okay, yeah, Aaron Nola. He'll have he'll put up four runs a game. That's terrible. That's not ace worthy. Agree, Chip. He is not an ace. But is he right. a bad pitcher? Is he not no. number two? No. But you also have a dog shit lineup who never consistently has Bryce Harper, Gene Segura, Didi. But again, Degrom has the, the same problem. Degrom goes out and pitches and gives up half of a run, and he still has has his team lose yeah, and, and loses. Because they're that bad. Because they're that bad. So DeGrom is the same problem. But DeGrom is an absolutely dominant pitcher. I do not believe that. So every team has an ace. And I get that. But No, they don't have an ace. They have a number one starter. They have a number one starter. And there it is. That is it. Every team has a number one starter. But not every team has an ace. There are maybe four or five aces in the league at any given time. (laughs) After this banned substance thing? There's one ace in the league now, DeGrom. and that is DeGrom. Yeah. That is it. Because Garrett Cole, they, I read the whole article about it today. His RPMs, like in his spin on the ball, dropped like 400 after the whole mm. no foreign substance. Same thing with Bauer. And they both got lit the fuck up in their past two starts. And so again, you don't there's just get, one once ace, you, and that is DeGrom. 
once you achieve a status, you don't just get to be an ace for the rest of your career unless you pitch it. Like Nolan Ryan was an ace his entire career. He never fell off. Yeah. Clayton Kershaw was an ace. He is not anymore. Yeah, like three years ago. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So there is a shelf life. So Aaron Nola in one season, and Kelly Kapowski had to lean in for that, right? Aaron Nola in one season wasn't, I know, you guys got way too close to my nerves, right? Aaron, thank God for virtual (laughs) podcasting. Um, Aaron Nola for one season was an ace. But again, he consistently didn't do it. Therefore, is not an ace. He's one of... Not even going to argue with that anymore. He's not. He's one of the best pitchers on the staff, but until he starts doing what he does consistently, you can't call him an ace. But you look at as the... How I look at this whole team in a whole, pressure. But the pressure is not making diamonds because Aaron Nolan knows... And you see him out there. He's laboring. He's trying. He's he's missing because he's 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 out there aiming. He's not pitching. And as as they say, the little you kids, hear that in literally don't aim, just literally. pitch. You want aim, just don't pitch. aim, just pitch. But he looks at it is I'm going to go into the seventh inning. I'll have eleven strikeouts. I'll have two walks. I'll have three hits and two earned runs. And we're going to lose this game two one or two nothing. Or maybe I go back to last year. I'll come out and we'll lose seven one because Boilers. Oh, he is. He's closer and yeah, hundred percent degree. But this team is lacking something that everybody else has, and that's confidence. And when you see your your let's we'll say our number one starter, because he is not an ace, out there laboring so much because he's afraid to turn a lead over to a team or fall behind because he knows once my team not behind, getting it back, we're not coming back. We do not have it in us to come back, and that's what this Phillies team is. It's a trash team with no heart, no soul. We got Bryce Howard, or yeah, Bryce Howard. I'm just going to just throw him better. Spencer Howard. And Don't Bryce you Harper dare, together. sir. Don't we you dare. We have Bryce Harper and Spencer Howard as our futures who have literally done jack shit for us. Bryce Harper, where is this MVP caliber guy that we were supposed to get that we signed for $30 million? Nowhere. JT. So happy we signed the guy who throws guys out, but he's yeah. Once you going to do behind? Once you going to start hitting home runs? We need at least twenty or thirty from the guy, and then you have a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. Well, this is what you're going to have for the next ten years because it's not going to get better. Because you 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 either trade the guys to get unproven players, or you keep them for way too long and don't have unproven players in the minors to help you out. Because obviously, there's no scouts. The, they already cut their scouting department. You saw that yeah. in the beginning of the year. They yep. cut two of their international scouts and their West Coast scout. So what are they going to do? What are nothing. They There's nothing. nothing to do because Here's they've that. dug themselves into such a hole. And that, on that lovely, happy-ass note, is where I'm going to leave it. The Phillies, and and Jason said this great. Um, uh, I lost the comment already. He was coming so much. The Phillies and Flyers are doomed, especially because, you know, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms hired some dude who is just like a, hey, we really like him kind of guy, but not an actual good coach. One one of the Flyers done anything in free agency? Nothing. They're going to get rid of Nolan Patrick. That's what I know. Good. I told you. I keep saying on the show, and Matt's going to give me some shit for this. I'm really looking forward to becoming, you know, watching the Flyers because, you know, Philly 4. But let's go Seattle Kraken. 
I, I just feel bad for I feel bad for Patrick with the head injuries. That's what yeah. I do too. I do too. But he signed here and hasn't been able to do anything. And at some point, us as the fans, we have to stop accepting mediocrity. I we agree. have to stop. I yeah. Matt, I, I'm literally in my house. You how go much more home? How much go more home can I go? Go to your home. home. Run home. It's been a year. I'll tell you guys one funny story. (laughs) You know, I like to tell my funny stories. I told my great mascot story on your podcast last week, which was hysterical still, by the way. Um, It's good. But I was, I played my show on Saturday night at, uh, in new hope. And the song that we opened the night with was house party by, um, by Sam, by Sam Hunt, by Sam Hunt, the country jam. Oh, and I went and I said, I'm thinking about the lyrics, and I went, that's like the last thing we want. We've had too many house parties. Get me the fuck out of the house party. Yeah. Um, and yes, honey, I do talk about the Kraken all the time at home. Just point the camera to her. She's still there. I already tried. She's hiding in the corner. <laughs> My camera's not rotating enough too much. Um, but she's there. <laughs> oh, she's standing up. She's <laughs> tossing the hair real quick. Get she, it. Get it, girl. Oh, so I'll tell you what. You can do the, you can do the closings, right? So wait, here's the beautiful I'm wife. Not prepared to be on screen. There she is. I. Oh, look at the viewership going up. <laughs> Every Bro. guy in the tri-state area. So you need to relate. I thought it was okay. So I'm going to click these banners, and you're going to talk about our sponsor site. First off, we're going to thank our two. Well, Phil jumped on, so Jacuzzi Phil, we're going to call him. Phil, is that you, Phil? <laughs> Jacuzzi Phil Hefner uh, for popping on and talking some golf. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Golf. There's something wrong with me. I don't know. I don't know how to do these banners, but I can. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do the clicking. So we gotta thank our guests, the the the, the co-hosts from Drunk on Broad, Don and Rich. I'm familiar. Okay, they have Twitter yes. handles. So do you want to share their Twitter I handles? Can't see that. It, this one says I Mr. Can't so, I'll go full. I'll go full screen for you here. Here you go. Thank you. Okay, there you go. So you gotta give Don's Twitter handle. He's. Mr. C-Way Science. Mr. C-Way Science. You got to share Richie's Twitter handle. No. No. Don't do it. Is that your birthday? It is. My birthday's coming up. See, we're four days apart. There you go. Yeah. I knew we'd get along. On the 24th, Sorry, I guess you probably listen here if you want. Answer mail. It's fine. So... So there you go. Yes, Dickie. I'm not... No. No. Why does this happen every single time? Why does what happen every single time? No. No. Um, Then we got to thank some of our great sponsors. So we are sponsored by... Statement Games. Yes, a... Fun, free twist on fantasy sports. Awesome. We're also sponsored by... Oddjams.com. Using their arbitrary... Their arbitrage. arbitrage? (laughs) I can't see. I wear glasses. Calculator to not lose money. There you go. We're also sponsored by... 99jersey.com. So they have a new code AATBirds20 for a 20% discount at checkout. We, we are also lot. sponsored by. This is the one? Manscaped.com. <laughs> I don't even want to read any of this because I'm going to say this stuff's awesome. <laughs> and I know people are like, oh, sponsor, sponsor, sponsor. No. I promise you this is coming from a female. Get get it for Father's Day. Get it. Uh, <laughs> Go get it. it. Um, but there's a code AAT Birds for twenty percent off. I highly recommend it. The ball deodorant smells delicious. That's all you need. Yes, that too. 
It I'm helps high prevent high. odors and chafing. And chafing. Men, uh, men are. And for finally, not finally, not so much a sponsor, but you can get all of your new merchandise at aatbirds.com/shop. All right, where you can get all of our newest designs, including one of our newest, which is Playoff Maxi. There you go. We all just disappeared again. Rich, you ain't coming back from that, but there you are. <laughs> um, and uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. Uh, Jason, you and I will talk off the air because we have to uh, rehash our uh, Aaron Nola conversation. Um, I'm going to play again for everybody the new Manscaped special Father's Day commercial. It is it is magnificent. She's already secondhand embarrassed for what's about to happen. <laughs> um, so I want to thank everybody for listening. And don't forget birds. Uh, fair, all about the Birds Network. Uh, Fairway to Heaven is tomorrow night. Uh, followed by a Sixers post-game show. I know that Don and Rich and Nick, they did their Drunk on Broad podcast tonight to prevent the mix-overs. Um, but you guys are going back to Tuesday next week? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, so check yes. them out on the on the social medias. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday night is the All About the Birds weekly report, which we haven't actually done on a couple weeks because of the Sixers. Birds, Beers, and BS is Friday's YouTube exclusive. There's a draft show. We have all kinds of stuff, so check it out. And on that note, as we end all shows here, we're going to say go Sixers as well tonight. Go Sixers. Go Sixers. Go Sixers. Go Birds. Go Birds. Go Birds. And we're out of beer, so we're out of here. Here's the all-new Manscaped commercial. Enjoy, Hell y'all. Yeah. Hell yeah. Watch it. <laughs> Father's Day is just around the corner, and y'all probably need a gift for your hairy dad. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. Heard that right, the Lawnmower 4.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBirds at Manscaped.com. Shoot, it was just last week when I asked my dad, Hey, Daddy, how's your balls doing? He said, Son, it's a hairy situation. I said, Well, boy, Manscaped just released a brand new product, the Lawnmower 4.0. Imagine surprising your dad with a sleek, well-designed and optimized body hair trimmer that says your balls will thank you on the box. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Well, you might ask, how is the Lawnmower 4.0 different from other trimmers? Well, it includes a top-function on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. Great feature if your father or yourself to travel. And it gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when you need a more precise shave. Shoot, now you can shave your balls in the dark. You can trim with additional guard lengths and has a wireless charging system. Yeah, you heard that right. Wireless charging ball trimmers are a real thing. The Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer is the best nose hair trimmer on the market and perfect gift for your pops if you've seen that nose bush sticking out your dad's nose. Not to mention amazing products like the Cologne, Crop Mop, Ball Wipes, Crop Reviver, Ball Toner, and Crop Preserver Ball Gear. Get 20% off and free shipping with code AATBIRDS at Manscaped.com. Get your dad a gift you know they will use. That's 20% off free shipping at Manscaped.com and use the code AATBIRDS. Don't forget that you came from your daddy's balls. This year, show your original home some love with Manscaped.